Here at Studio Stillwater, we're building a community through conversation. And here's how you can be a part of that community. We are on the Patreon membership platform. That provides us with ways to connect with you, our listeners. As patrons of Studio Stillwater, you'll get exclusive access to the community and bonus content while supporting and shaping our work. Community memberships are $5 a month. We also have opportunities for local sponsors starting at $50 a month. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Studio Stillwater to join our community. Thanks again. Chris and I are beyond grateful to all of you for sharing your time with us. Welcome to Studio Stillwater. I'm Michelle Charles. And I'm Chris Peters. We're here today with Camille DeYoung, President of the Stillwater Board of Education and candidate for Stillwater Board of Education in the upcoming April 6th election. Multitasking. Yes. <laughs> and this is Ward 1, right? Ward 1. Yes. Very good. What, Which so, is, so just be clear, what region of Stillwater is Ward 1? That's run? basically the southeast region. Okay. Um, I mean, roughly, the ward boundaries are kind of interesting, but it's roughly south of McElroy and um, east of uh, Perkins Road. Very good. So we're trying to just get to know the candidates a little bit as people. This is something that you don't always get a chance to do. I mean, you know, when you do those forums, they say, okay, tell us about yourself. You have 90 seconds, go. Right, right, right. I know. (laughs) So we wanted to do this in a little bit of a more relaxed setting. Okay. Um, And we always start with this question. What brought you to Stillwater? You know, I was born in Oklahoma City, but my father took a job at Oklahoma State when I was five. And so we moved, uh, our family moved to Stillwater, and I went all the way through school um, in Stillwater schools. So, you know, I'm a lifelong pioneer and bleed blue and gold and bleed orange and black. And, um, you know, I've, I've moved away a couple of times, but always came back. And we've, uh, my former husband and I raised our kids here. Our two daughters went through Stillwater schools. Um, it's been a lovely, lovely place to live. Now, I believe I know one of your daughters from Town and Gown. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, actually, they're both. They have both been over the years involved in Town and Gown. Shannon is the oldest, and she is a um, counselor for Family and Children's Services in Tulsa. And so she's a school based counselor, which means she um, works for Family and Children's Services, but she is located at the schools. school sites so she gets to kind of have the pleasure and the privilege of seeing kids but she doesn't have to worry about all the um maybe not so fun jobs of school counselors (laughs) so uh you know she really likes it she has been in a number of productions at town and gown and sarah my youngest is um has also been in in town and gown sarah is an actress and a um singer and is currently uh, applying to graduate schools for vocal pedagogy, which means she would she teaches voice um, online, and so she also wants to learn how to do that better. So very cool. Now, did you ever do anything at Town and Gown? No, I was the shoe lady person. <laughs> I was the <laughs> when when the girls were in the Wizard of Oz, I was in charge of the shoe room, which is where. The kids from The Wizard of Oz were located in between scenes. No, they do not get any acting ability from me. <laughs> so, the, so the shoe room is more like the 
the entertainment, like yeah, keep I them, keep yeah. them uh, busy until it's ready for them to go right. out for their part. Right. I don't know if you've ever been backstage at Town & Gown, but, you know, there's not that much room. Um, and so I call it the shoe room. Um, it has a bunch of shoes in it. And so, you know, when the kid, the munchkins would come in and off. I didn't know <laughs> if that was stage. an official like theater terminology. Oh, I don't think it's. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I would have to ask my children, but I don't think so. I think it's just that's, you know, where they had a they store shoes and they had space for kids. And well, then you've probably wrangled my good. kids. They've been in a couple town and have they? A oh, that's ago. wonderful. Well, yeah. it's it's a wonderful community theater. Very very supportive um, people. Uh, Shannon was president of the board, the Town and Gown board for a while, and they've just been wonderful to our family. Very, very cool. So what other types of, uh, what other types of activities did your kids do when, or, or have you done since well, you've lived here? Um, you know, when I was in high school, I was involved in band, and then I was a swimmer. So I competed for the high school as well as well as for the Stillwater Athletic Stillwater Aquatic Club. Um, I was a cheerleader, so every time the fight song goes off, you know, <laughs> I can start waving my arms around. Um, my poor kids, when we would drive into Stillwater from when we lived in Oklahoma City, we'd cross the bridge over Stillwater Creek, and we'd all sing <laughs> the fight song. So. That was a little geeky, but anyway, um, I went. I got all three degrees from Oklahoma State. So um, I, my bachelor's is in mathematics education, and I taught three years at two years at Cushing and one year at Chandler High School Math. And then I came back for a master's degree in industrial engineering. Then I went worked for a couple of years, came back, and six years later got a PhD. Okay. Six years and a baby. <laughs> that so, counts. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. So then did you go on faculty at OSU? I did. I did. I was I was a visiting professor for a year or two and then I had the you know, the privilege, honestly, to interview and be selected for a faculty position. Because that's kinda rare in academia to get to stay at the at your alma mater. Um so my parents were still here. My father died thirty years ago, but you know, my mom's still here and the girls got to grow up in basically the same environment I did. It's, it's really been, it's been such a blessing. You yeah. know, I think I interviewed your mom about her convertible. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I should talk about my mom. Uh, <laughs> my mother is 95 and she drives, well, not, she doesn't drive that much now, but she, up until a year ago, she was driving a uh, 1976 uh, MGB convertible. Cool as heck. Yes, I ma'am. I love her car. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, she's got this lovely white hair, and she just put the top down, and away she would go. And it's, it's when I drive it now, people are like, they kind of take a second look oh. and go, who who are you in Mary's car? Now, it's so. funny, because I remember Mary telling me that um, that when everybody was younger, that you guys would ask to drive her car, and she would be like, "No, that's my car." <laughs> you know, so you're probably very honored to be able to drive it. Yeah, now. <laughs> it was a while before any. Now that I think about it, you're right. That's so funny. Uh, you know, one thing, Michelle, I'd like to clear up just because yeah. um, most people who know me or my mother know this, but I live with her. 
now. Oh, okay. And she lives on Lakeshore Drive, uh, and that's in Ward 4, I believe. So I was, when I was getting ready to, I didn't think I could run again because oh, okay. I, I didn't live in Wedgwood full time. Right. And so I called the Oklahoma State School Board Association and I called our school lawyer and I asked them both, told them the situation. And they asked if I still paid taxes in Wedgwood, if I still owned the home, received mail, et cetera, and, which I do. And they said, no, then that's still your your permanent residence. So. Okay, anyway. I'm glad you addressed that. Yeah, because I, I, I just don't want to, you know, have anybody have any questions about that. Sure, that makes that makes uh, that makes good sense. So, has the school board had to uh, deal with situations like that before? I mean, I know when you have a parent who's older and, and who needs some help. Or... Well, not while I've not to my knowledge, okay. um, but I'm. Sh- it was clear when I called and asked, particularly the state school board association, they've dealt with that question many times Um, you know whether it's um, a vacation home that somebody goes and lives at that you just own multiple yeah you just happen to own multiple or something so um, during my tenure on the board we haven't to my knowledge dealt with that but I just wanted people to know because it's not it's not a big secret okay so basically it's just a matter of where your principal and permanent residence is located Uh, that i believe you just summed it up yes okay all right which is normally in wedgwood correct okay all right very good so i mean you obviously deeply rooted in stillwater so (laughs) that is true (laughs) i mean how do you think um you know your your life living in this community and always being drawn back to it how do you think that that formed you as a person wow what a great question um you know i think for me it it all comes back to you know, kind of the the openness and the friendliness of the people in this town on campus um my parents were very intentional about instilling in us that uh, you can do whatever you want um, and you're as good as anybody else. But, you know, it's kind of the old Aunt Eller phrase, you're not any better. Um, So, (laughs) uh, you know, it's just been, I mean, it's something that has grounded me for a long time. I I enjoyed living in Oklahoma City when we were down there, uh, but it it was a blessing to get to come back and live here, just have my kids grow up in the same environment. I mean, it's cha- things have changed, obviously, over however many years that we won't go there. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for asking that. Okay. And it seems like something always just drew you back. I mean, obviously, you would have had opportunities to, to go other places. What made you decide to keep coming back you know, home? Um, I think just life circumstances. You know, when I came back to graduate school and got my master's degree, I met my husband and we got married after, you know, I had my, uh, got my master's and then he started law school at OU. And so, you know, between the two of us, that was going to be, we were going to be living close to Norman. And so I started looking for jobs in industry in the Oklahoma City metro area and worked for Hertz at the data center for a couple of years. And then I had my first baby, Shannon. And I remember somebody telling me, 
uh, asking me, actually, are you are you coming back to work after you have the baby? And I'm I'm got my hands on my hips and I'm like, well, I have a master's degree in engineering. Yes, I'm coming back to work. <laughs> and they put that baby in my arms and I was like, uh, no, not so much. <laughs> so Mike was in the middle of law school. Um you know, it wasn't a great time for me to not be working full time, but we worked it out and I took a part time teaching job at Central State or University of Central Oklahoma and then pretty quickly decided that teaching was my passion. So okay. that's when I thought, Okay, I'll just go get a PhD. How hard can that be? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little hard. <laughs> so How long was that process for you? Well, um, it took from start to finish for the PhD, it took six years, but I did take, I had Sarah in the middle of it, and I took a year off uh, when she was young, and we were still living in Oklahoma City while I was doing the PhD, so one of the kids, whether it was Shannon and me coming up, or Sarah and me later, um, one of the kids and I would come up, and we would spend the week up here with my mom and dad and then my just my mom and then go home on the weekends and or as whenever we could so you know it's just one of those things that your life lays out these paths and you know since Mike was in law school and then he was working as an attorney in Oklahoma City and um, you know I just this was where I could do it is back in Stillwater and I had connections and knew the faculty and um, was able to get admitted and plot on. <laughs> so the, Very good. the opportunity was here in Stillwater. Yeah. Stillwater did yeah. provide the opportunity. Yeah, ab- good point. Absolutely. And it's funny because that's one of the things that I feel most grateful about is I've had the ability to kind of cross the town and gowns. Speaking of town and gowns. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I'm a lifelong, well, basically, a longtime resident of Stillwater, graduate of the public schools, but I'm also, you know, a retired faculty member from the university. And, you know, that has that has shaped me, um, just being able to straddle those two, those two worlds. Um, and many people in Stillwater do that. It's not just me, but it's it's something that that's been really important to me. Well, and it seems like that's really a, a a key characteristic of a college town, right? Yeah. When you have a town like Stillwater that's of kind of a moderate size, mm-hmm. that's, you know, basically sort of dominated by a big public university. I mean, there are several towns around the country that are, that are kind of in the same situation. And whenever I go to one of them, it feels familiar. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you go to Manhattan, Kansas, yes. <laughs> you're going to feel like you're in Stillwater, only it's purple and white rather than orange and black. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was in Columbia, Missouri for a conference Mm. for a training one time. And I I remember walking around all week seeing, you know, around near the campus thinking, okay, this all feels pretty familiar. I mean, they even have like Shakespeare's pizza right across from campus, right? So (laughs) it's it's a very similar sort of feeling, but I kept thinking there's something wrong. There's something (laughs) weird. What is weird about this place? And, And I was sitting in Shakespeare's with a group of people eating pizza, and I looked around, and all of a sudden I realized I had not seen anyone wearing orange in almost a week. Oh. 
Yeah, that's your, that's traumatic. Your color palette just your color palette just changed. <laughs> it's like what's with all this black and gold? I don't understand. Oh God, but yeah, funny. but it is funny how you know yeah. how that happens. So you said that you're retired now. I am. I retired in August after 26 years on the faculty in industrial engineering at Oklahoma State. Congratulations! Thank yes. you. It has been wonderful um <laughs> you know it's interesting because my mom kept telling my my parents were both on the faculty at osu um mom in education and my dad was in business after he stepped down as legal counsel so you know i just grew up in that world and when i was swimming half the kids on the team their parents were faculty you know you just think oh okay well you know dr willem or dr job or you know whomever <laughs> That's just what you do. Um, but it it really became a, you know, a sense of family. Yeah. Honestly. So. Okay. Well, so now that you're retired, I mean, what do you do, what do, you do for fun? How do you keep yourself busy besides <laughs> serving on the school board? You know, people have asked me that, and I really was, I was a little bit worried about it. My mom told me you would know when it's time to retire. And I did. Um and it had nothing to do with COVID. It was a decision I made, you know, a year ago, over a year ago. Uh, but I was a little worried about what I would do. Now I'm not quite so worried. I walk the lake every day that it's not pouring down rain. And I read a lot of books. And, um, you know, I've waited to get more involved in volunteer activities, largely because the school board has heated up so so much it's it's been a it's been a deal this year (laughs) (laughs) to say the least yeah i I think any form of public service this year has been probably especially challenging well you know it it has um and I, i i have spoken to a couple of other school board members across the state about this I think the good thing about our situation in terms of the school board is people are much more aware of the board and the decisions. And, and, you know, both, I mean, there are people who agree and there are people who disagree um, with almost everything we've done. But just the fact that people are engaged and watching the board meetings and, you know, reading articles, say, that you publish or, or something. I, that That's nothing but good. For sure. I, I think it's similar to also uh, possibly as teachers with parents over this last year, too. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot more engagement there. And the teachers previously were always asking, like, if we can get the parents more involved, more involved. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay. We're more involved now. You got to watch what you ask in a, for. In a different, you know, different scenario, not the ideal scenario, but it seems that, like you're right, um, uh, more engagement has hopefully led to more knowledge right. and led to more <clears throat> understanding of what uh, our local, you know, um, elected officials mm-hmm. in various mm-hmm. ways that that they truly have the deeper impact on our day to day lives. Right. <clears throat> and why are they doing? Why are we here? Why, yeah, because you know? you're not getting oh, paid. Absolutely. Uh, no, <laughs> we are not, <laughs> which is kind of a misconception, too, but that's okay. Well, you know, in school board, I mean, when I cover school board filings, there are so many districts where they're lucky to have one candidate per seat. Yeah. I mean, there are some that basically go unfilled sometimes. Well, and that, it's. I'm glad you mentioned that because 
that is in my it's um it's not dangerous but it's it's limiting if because what happens if no one files is the board appoints someone mm. and so you know when you're appointing people and you're interviewing them and we do our best to be you know comprehensive and really think about it but you kind of boards tend to pick people like themselves and um you know that's not that's not the best thing for a robust um functioning functioning board in my opinion well and i would think it kind of um honestly goes against the whole purpose of having a ward system in the first place right right yeah because are those appointments generally have to still be people that live in that area? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Unless no one applies to be appointed, and then okay. the board can appoint anyone. Got it. And it gets a little complicated because um, if someone resigns from the board or moves or whatever, if they have served over half their term, um, then they just serve out the remainder of the term. So when I was appointed, Mike Dix is who I replaced. And so he had moved and had served over half his term. So I finished out his term two, two years or so. And then I ran for re-election or ran for election. Okay, but then if you if you have not served half your term when you resign, then you wind up in a situation with like Steve, exactly where you're appointed exactly. until the next election. election. Mm-hmm. And then exactly. you have to run for your own yeah. term at that point. And the the thing with the wards that I think people really uh, don't always understand is, yes, we we are elected from a ward, but we represent and are voted on by the entire city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the school that's in my ward is Highland Park, and I have a near and dear relationship with Highland Park. But I also, I, you know, I live very close to Skyline and the junior high, and, you know, we've got all these other parts of town that that we speak for and um so it it becomes kind of an interesting you know who's your constituency kind of thing Mm -hmm. but i've i've never had any any issues where i thought i was conflicted about what to do because i lived in ward one you know it's really what's good for kids so i mean we we talked a little bit about you know what it's been like serving on school board. I mean, so, you know, we've talked about your values and your background and your, you know, your commitment to Stillwater, your roots in Stillwater. I mean, how did all that push you to serving on the school board? Well, you know, it's so funny you should say that because I don't consider myself a very political person. I'm not very good at, I I tend to think I know what needs to be done and it's real clear to me. I don't, (laughs) I don't always, you know, do a very good job of, bringing people along with me. So I never thought I would serve in public office. I wouldn't, you know, um, yeah, I, I just didn't think that was going to be a thing. I think school board for me, since it's non-political, uh, I mean. It's not partisan. It's not partisan. It's not a partisan Correct. election. It's not a partisan election. So I think that's probably the, one of the only places that I would serve in an elected position just because um i mean that's just me i just think that's the better way to be so well and you know for people who don't know much about serving on a school board i think a lot of people first of all don't realize you don't get paid they don't realize the 
the extensive training mm-hmm. that is required, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that you've basically signed away half a decade of your life when you agree <laughs> to a term on the school board. Yeah. Which it's kind serious of exp- business. Yes, well, and it kind of yeah. explains. Yeah, it, and I didn't know that, Michelle. <laughs> I mean, when I, I was still working, I was still on the faculty, you know, uh, my mom is in good health, but, you know, she's getting older, so I just wanted to make sure I was had enough time for her, too. Uh, so I, I would ask them. I, uh, Debbie Vincent called me, and then John Price called later. And I said, okay, so how much time are we talking? And, you know, they were like, well, there's a regular meeting, you know, every month. And then there, you're on a committee. And, and they were being perfectly honest and genuine. But that's true. That's the minimum yeah. of, right. of what you're going to be. That's just showing up. That's not right. putting any extra time not of your own on. Not visiting schools, not going to events, not right. talking to teachers, staff. Reading CDC guidelines. Reading <laughs> CDC guidelines. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, but, yeah, does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. It, it all kind of comes back to serving the community, though, right? True. True. So... So what is it about this community that, that makes you so invested in it? What do you love about Stillwater? Why, why have you stayed here all these years? Well, I think there is just such an interesting combination of people here. Um, I've got friends that, you know, from all over the world um, that now have chosen to be in Stillwater, either on the faculty or mm-hmm. as, you know, professional people or just moved here to to work and raise a family. Um, So I think just sort of the down-home nature of the community where people care about each other. And, you know, this community has shown that over and over again. I mean, between the university and having uh, more tragedies than we deserve and the community having uh, suffered tragedies as well. This community rises to support each other. Uh, I think Randy Blake, who I don't know personally, but uh, his his brother is Ryan, the middle school principal. And, you know, that the example of how the community has supported him, uh, it's my understanding he, he and his wife are staying in a condominium that was provided by a resident. And you know, it's just remarkable and mm-hmm. maybe it happens everywhere i don't know um because this is the longest place i've ever lived but it's certainly and people are passionate about their kids about education um and as we talked about earlier they have every right to be so um i i prefer that they let us know what they're thinking rather than you know kind of be upset about something and then not we don't have any a, a chance to address it, if that makes sense. What else would you want people to know about you? What should people hmm. understand? Um, I'm a teacher, first and foremost. So I'm, if, if I have a bias, it's for teachers and staff that work with kids. Um, I've told folks that I look at the school board in you know, usually there's an organizational chart where it's kind of a, a pyramid. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at it as an upside-down pyramid, and the school board's at the bottom. We're, I, I understand that people think we have a lot of power and um, can do a lot, but we're not the ones in the classroom every day just developing relationships with kids that last forever. 
And uh, so, you know, our teachers, our teachers' aides, our cafeteria workers, our bus drivers, you know, the rest of us are all here to just support them, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. It was fun getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you. Thank you. And tell your mom I said hi. I will do it. (laughs) I will do it. And if you see her driving around in that MGB, call me. I will. (laughs) I I need to know that. All right. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Camille. Of course. Thank you. Just a few reminders about the upcoming local election. March 30th is the deadline to request an absentee ballot. You'll need to reach out to your local election board in order to do that. April 1st and 2nd will be early voting. That will be done in person at the Payne County Election Board on the second floor of the Payne County Administration Building at 6th and Duck. April 6th is election day and the polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So please go vote in the local school board and municipal elections. Our next candidate interview is with Carly Santelli. She's running for the seat in Ward 1 for the Stillwater Board of Education. Our mission at Studio Stillwater is to elevate local voices to tell local stories. You can get in touch with us via email, studiostillwaterok at gmail.com, or slide into our DMs on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also send us a voice message by going to anchor.fm forward slash Studio Stillwater. Just hit the add message button to record right from your phone or computer. We would love to feature your voice in a future episode. Finally, check out the show notes. There you will find links to everything we discussed on the show. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time.